Pure Dog Talk is the voice of purebred dogs. We talk to the legends of the sport and give you the tips and tools to create an awesome life with your purebred dog. From showing to preservation breeding, from competitive obedience to field work, from agility to therapy dogs, and all the fun in between, your passion is our purpose. Welcome to Pure Dog Talk. I am your host, Laura Reeves, and you guys, I am so excited. We have had the opportunity to talk to some amazing authors about some amazing books, and today is no different. Porter and Midge, Out and About. And this is The Puppy Adventures of Porter and Midge, a book about two puppies who go on adventures written by dog people to share with the general public. And I am so excited. So Giselle Nevada and Jenny Chen, welcome. I'm so excited to have you join me. Thank you for having us. So cool. Pure Dog Talk is proudly sponsored by Trupanion, medical insurance for the life of your pet. Trupanion loves helping pets get the care they need. That's why they're excited to announce that they've officially paid out over $2 billion, that's with a B, billion dollars in veterinary claims. That's two billion reasons for more tail wags and treats. That's 730,000 pets that got the care they needed. Trepanion would like to thank all of the owners and breeders who've trusted them over the last 22 years. If you're part of the Trepanion Breeder Support Program, don't forget to register your upcoming litters for their go-home day offers. That way you can send them home protected by Trupanion's world-class coverage. If you're not part of the program yet, it's completely free to join and lets you send your litters home with an offer for a full Trupanion insurance policy that waives the waiting periods. To learn more and to sign up, just visit my partner page at puredogtalk.com. So, Jenny, you and I have talked before, and we have had many conversations about the idea of changing the conversation within the general public and getting people information that meets them where they live, where they are. And I really feel, as I read through this book, that's really what you guys are trying to do. Yeah? Oh, thank you. Now I'm going to cry. No crying. There is literally no crying in baseball or dog shows or at all. Here's a joy. It is something, you know, because as dog people, we live, breathe. I mean, these dogs, our lives, our entire lives revolve around them. So our way of communication is certainly at a different level because we've got this depth of knowledge that the general public doesn't necessarily have. You know, they might have a couple of pets throughout their lifetimes where we've got dogs that we train, we show, live with us, live with somebody else and those sorts of things. So being able to communicate to someone who can only take a tiny snippet of what we understand in the dog world is so difficult. And then trying to translate that to a child who may not have all of the skills, the communication skills, the mobility skills, you know, the ability to piece everything together. How do we communicate these ideas to kids, to this different audience, so that as they grow and they learn, these are the things that are really important. How do I put myself in a puppy shoe? What does a puppy see when they're out in public? So, yeah. We're very passionate about this. I love it. I love it. So, <laughs> Giselle, give us an introduction to yourself, a little 411, as they say. Sure. Hi, I'm Giselle Nevada. I've owned Mastiffs for over 20 years now. 
My first two Mastiffs were actually from rescue, had behavior issues, all of that. My second Mastiff was a foster fail, and he was too afraid to come into the house when we first got him. So we worked with lots and lots of trainers, for at least in Murphy's case. And what really got him out of the show was actually having a job. And in this case, he loved pulling a cart. Oh and when he had a cart on, he was a completely different dog. And after that, he just got better and better and more confident and more confident. And That's so amazing. I, I love that. Yeah, yeah. And actually, it was with Dick Schumer, who is one of Jenny's mentors, yes. who yes. got him out of his shell. Well, anyway, after dealing with those two rescues with all their behavior and medical issues, it really inspired me to find a well-bred Mastiff for my next puppy. And I met Karen Flocker, who she's no longer breed. She's New Beginnings Mastiffs. And I contacted her because she had taken several Mastiffs to obedience titles. And that was something that I had always wanted to do. <laughs> yeah. Impressive. Yeah. And she was also, as a breeder, that was like 20 plus years ago. She was really, really into the importance of puppy socialization and that rules of seven thing about and so we chose her because I really had a passion for like wanting my dogs to work and do things. So fast forward to now, I am on my sixth and seventh Mastiff, both of which have working titles. So, And so I love that the characters in the book, the dogs, Porter and Midge, represent your guys' breeds, right? A Mastiff and a great <laughs> mountain dog. So phenomenal. We got Port and Midge at the same time, actually. Mm -hmm. So we, by accident. we actually, by accident, and Jenny was here in Austin at the time. So we actually socialized them in many of the spots that are in the book. Oh my gosh, um, we took so many pictures. Life true story. It mm -hmm. actually is. It actually is. Well, the story arc is not true, but most of the places that are in the book is places that Porter and Midge actually went to. So that is so fabulous. Okay. So Jenny, you are perhaps better known in the Laotian community, but talk to us about your Swissy journey and kind of what brought you specifically to this book. So I started in Swissies about two decades ago as well and okay. quickly followed with the Laotian. My greater Swiss was my very first dog and I got him thinking, oh yeah, I'm going to do obedience. I'm going to do all this stuff. And one of the litter mates happened to live close by and they knew Dick Schumer. And that's, I think, the first time that Giselle and I kind of met. I mean, we saw each other all around town and things like that. And Dick was amazing. He was a man that had new fees. He did service work with his new fees. And the part that was so critical in his education, not just that he was the most giving person, extremely knowledgeable, but he had a knack for helping you understand what the dog is feeling, putting the dog in your shoes. If I was a dog, what is the picture that I see? How is my physical body? How is my carriage, my tone? How is that communicating to a dog? He was just incredible, just really incredible trainer. And he's been a pivotal person in many people's lives. He's just really incredible. But that's one of the places that Giselle and I met. I want to know about the journey because, again, okay. Jenny, you and I, our point of connection is mm -hmm. that outreach to John Q. Public. Mm -hmm. So talk to me about your train of thought to get you to this book. And this is your second book or you're First working edition. on your second? Okay. Second book is written okay. in the process of illustration. And we stumbled across this book because... When I was in Austin, I started Keep Austin Dog Friendly. It was a list of all the dog-friendly places, all the events. We would do things. I mean, this was well before social media. I mean, this was back in the day. 
because we were so interested in making sure that dogs are they're being raised, being socialized, understanding the world is not bad because that's what a breed is. The greater Swiss, they can be suspicious. I mean, this is a breed that can be a little bit aloof. They have a stranger danger. Are you my friend or not? If you're my friend, we're best buds. If you're kind of weird, I'm gonna look at you, sit here. So it is a breed that does need that socialization. You absolutely have to do it and often happen to be the place to do it because it was so dog friendly. And so that's one of the reasons why Giselle and I just started taking our puppies out. And by accident, I mean, we did not intend on getting Midge. She came into our home because the breeder was like, this is a really nice dog. I would like her to go to a show home. Can you come you? pick her up on Sunday? <laughs> I picked you. And I said, okay, I can come. I'll get on a plane and I'll pick her up. So that's how Midge kind of accidentally came into our lives. It wasn't planned. And then we just started going out to places and people we know. If you scroll back through my Facebook and some of the other pictures, you're going to see a lot of these scenes, very similar scenes. And if you look real closely, yeah, you will see a lot of people who are in the dog world also drawn in. They may not be the characters, but they may be the people, you know, walking around in the street, the veterinarians, you know, other people in other dogs that you may already know from the show world. So we try to incorporate a lot of that. And we also want to incorporate a lot of the breeds that aren't as well known like we have a bouvier in there i mean they're not Polly. i'm like (laughs) perfect (laughs) yeah so we really wanted to get this book out and we really wanted to speak to a different audience because it's not just oh this is what i'm gonna do with an adult this is what we need to do with a puppy and now you layer on a kid how do you get a kid to understand that because they don't understand the same things we understand they're not able to pick up the visual cues, the body language that dogs have, as well as humans. But how do we introduce them to this idea of socialization? I just think it is adorable for starters. <laughs> but, so talk about the evolution, because I see a lot social media. Jenny, you're always on social. You see this. Everybody has these great ideas and some of them come mm-hmm. to fruition and some of them don't. So talk about mm-hmm. your guys's process you work together to do this. What is the process to actually go from, I have this really great idea to I have this really incredibly adorable book. Oh man. I think it was one Giselle messaged me. She's like, you know what quarter mid sounds like a book. (laughs) (laughs) That's how it started. I think she said something along the lines of maybe we should write a children's book. And me, back then, I said yes to everything. I mean, I, I'm a little bit like that now still. I was going to say, I don't wait, say no. changed? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much everything's yes. You want to? And then I'm like, yes. How do we make it happen? And at the time, I was doing a lot of writing. I was in the content creation side of things and marketing. So I was like, well, this is kind of fun. And this was also during that evolution, that, you know, in my professional life where I work in data. We talk about technical things. It's very dense. It's complicated. But this is a totally different audience. And I'm like, this sounds like a fun challenge. How do you get something so complex like dog behavior and socialization and training and distill that to a point where a child can actually relate to it without using all the technical terms that we use in training? Right, right. So Giselle, what put that little bean in your brain? The bee in the bonnet. The pictures that Jenny was taking of Porter and Midge were just so, so cute. It had to be a book. And I think we first started with, let's just take the pictures and do some sort of blog or something along those lines. I started talking to a friend of mine who is a neurobiologist in UT Austin. And she was like, well, I have this friend who works in UT and she wants to actually start illustrating. That's Anne. This is Anne's first. Yeah, Cowboy. Yep. 
and it's she wants to try to do this and we're like oh let's do it let's see how we can do this and so we met Anne and we all hit it off and take eight years later (laughs) (laughs) it definitely takes a village so talk about each of the steps like you take them through vaccinations and going to the vet and learning to sit quietly Mm -hmm. and these are things that children are going to be involved with and their parents are going to be reading them the book. And so the parents are getting the information as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We wrote it because these are typical things that we do want puppies to go through. And we do want the kids to understand also what's happening because they're like, we're going to the vet. And I'm like, well, why? Well, they need to be vaccinated before they go out in public and make sure that they're safe and they're protected. And, you know, the other things that we went from step to step and Our real life didn't always happen in this order, but we wanted to make sure like there was a goal for the child. I want to be in this parade. I want to take my puppy, but it's not just I do it without any work. We also wanted to instill that it has a process. There's things that you have to do. There's behaviors you have to learn because back then it was very much like puppy obedience was sit, stay, come. It wasn't calm in public, relax, calm on command and that type of thing, which when I was doing a lot of training for general manners and things like that. Those are the questions that we were getting. They're like, well, my dog sits, but is also a pest and constantly just is always doing things around the house and can't calm. I'm like, okay, because you didn't actively teach him to calm. So that's why we went the route that we did saying, okay, here's all the new places we go, but we're going to focus on one skill. And the skill, the theme kind of for this book is, you know, the calm in public, don't be too afraid, but calm. You can get excited, but stay calm. Hang tight, guys. Got a little bit of information for you. We'll be right back to the podcast in a minute. All right, crew. I hear from folks pretty much daily asking for a specific topic or for a series of podcasts on a topic. So ask and you shall receive. (laughs) I've done all the hard work. I've sorted, searched, and compiled eight different albums from the archives on our most popular topics. And when I say there's a podcast for that, I ain't just a woofin'. Getting yours today is super simple. Just jump on puredogtalk.com backslash store and click the PDT albums image. And when you're in there, you're going to find a collection of veterinary voices. You're going to find a collection for breeding and whelping hands-on you'll find Pure Dog Talk University on dog breeding. Love the breeds, up your game. Owner handlers, the interviews, events and sports. There is so much there. And once you're in those links, you'll be able to read the details of the topic. For a special introductory price of a buck 99, you get a link to dozens, up to more than a hundred episodes on these specific topics. And while you're there, if you or a friend or family member are just getting started, even just starting a search for your first well-bred purebred dog, you can also check out Auntie Laura's Beginner's Guide to Show Dogs at puredogtalk.com backslash book to get the foundational Pure Dog Talk episodes with bonus tracks. So hop on it, y'all. These special prices will not last. And so at the back of the book, one of the things that I think is just genius is a checklist. So talk about that. So 
Yeah, we had a checklist. Like, we had a real-life checklist. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was perfect. I've seen it in a very similar type of thing, Mm -hmm. like training therapy dogs, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Yep, yep. We wanted to make it kind of like an activity because there are lots of checklists. And some breeders even send their puppies home with these, like, hey, you've got to see 100 people within the first 10 days and all of this stuff. So we wanted to have an activity so the kids can say, okay, this is what I'm working towards because this is very integrative. And that's why we have the activity books too. It's not just, this is your bedtime story. It's how do you apply this to real life? How do you look at the things on the list and say, okay, my dog, have they been on an elevator? Have they been to an airport? Like here's all the list of things they can expose themselves to when they're ready at their own time. And so that's why we wanted to include the checklist because it wasn't just follow this book. This is a training manual. It's, Here's how to do it in the different places. Now, here's a checklist of other places you can go, other things that you can see. Right. And I, I just wanted to thank, by the way, that that wonderful, wonderful list was actually written by Virginia Wind, who is a Mastiff person. Okay. And so I wanted to make sure that people knew that. So Okay. Thank so you, Virginia. My Literally, my question was, and where oh. does the list come from? Good job. Oh, yes. read my mind. <laughs> Perfect. Virginia Wind. So talk to me. On your end, Giselle, what are the pieces that stand out to you in the book as just being like super impactful for children or the ones that meant the most to you personally? So the one thing that we are getting a lot of feedback on is that kids are actually wanting to work with their dogs. I think we sold about one or 200 books during our advanced sales And all the parents are coming back and they're like, they love it. And one of the things that I love that Anne did was she included so many different types of people in there. So it's very inclusive. It's very inclusive in terms of body type, et cetera. And what I really love about it is it's not just like expose a person to someone with no hair. These are real people. And I love the fact that I can open any page of this book and I know everyone that's in. Oh, I think that's that's really amazing. And I have to tell you, I was really struck by the inclusivity. I thought that was amazingly well done. And I just think that as we're talking to children, we have families that probably got a dog during the pandemic because everyone did. (laughs) or They're struggling maybe with some of these issues. And even I think, and speak to me, you guys, particularly Jenny as a trainer, I feel like there's things in here that you can apply even if it's not a baby puppy. Oh, absolutely. These are life skills. And especially when the dogs get around that teenage stage and they pretend they've never been trained a day in their life, especially at the national when it's being recorded. Yeah. (laughs) In front of God and everybody. (laughs) Exactly. But we see this as a foundational skill. I stopped using the term like take your dog to puppy class. I start saying, here's the skill sets you need. You need calm, bite inhibition, rewarding when they're not jumping like these are just the skills that we need and how do we build that in so it's you know not not dragging you down the street yeah yeah absolutely so it's very much i view this book like even if you didn't get a dog as a young puppy you can still teach them you can still form those habits we've gotten dogs at an older age as well and we go back and we do this we do couch training if you want to be on the couch or calm that's the rules there's no jumping on the couch or else you go downstairs (laughs) I have to admit, everybody else has like their perfect place command and my command in my house because I have wire hair pointers, right? So they're crazy. And so (laughs) if I need the dogs to be calm, I say, go get on the couch. 
And that's their place command is just <laughs> go get over there and lie down. I don't care, you know, mm-hmm. just stay there. Right. And I think that no matter what you pick, pick a chair, pick a bed, pick a whatever, mm-hmm. that ability to put a dog somewhere and have it be in its position. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. And one of the other feedback that we got on the book is a socialization list is actually good for babies too. So <laughs> I'm sorry, socializing oh. children. Yeah. A lot of the moms came back with that. So <laughs> I love it. I love it. I mean, I say it all the time, kids, dogs, and men. <laughs> so you just got a firm, fair, and consistent all the way across the board. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. Exactly. The feedback that we've gotten has just been really great because there's not a lot of these types of conversations that we have with kids. You know, we say, hey, tell the dog to sit and the child says sit. Okay, well, how about the rest of it? I mean, their lives, their behavior is more than just a handful of commands. Like we need to teach them these other habits and really build them in at a young age. Well, and I really liked the, like there's boundary building, you know, there's all of these kinds of things Mm -hmm. that are useful, as you say, as the moms are replying, for their kids too. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so. Giselle, go ahead and take us through like just a brief review of the whole out and about adventure from we go to the vet's office to get our vaccines and our end goal is to go to the parade, right? Yes. So basic synopsis there. Sure. The main characters of the book are Laura and CJ. CJ was actually named after my breeder's son. So (laughs) um, back then we didn't have any nieces or nephews to actually use for this. So they want to join the Independence Day Parade. And so their camp counselor says, well, your dogs need training before you do that. They can't be afraid of things. Mm -hmm. And so how do we do that? And basically the book takes them to a whole bunch of different places and teaches them, you know, how to introduce their dogs to new and exciting things, more or less. We have a scene in South Congress in Austin. We went to Dorsey. What's her name? Barger? Is that Barger. right? Barger. Mm-hmm. House yes. farm. Farm. Farms. Yeah, I saw where we got to. Really cute. Yeah. And the comments were we didn't have Gustavo the Goose in there. So, Jenny, we missed that one. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> so, um, and then we did like a beach scene, a water scene. And then finally, at the end of it, you see the dogs actually up there on the float Right. Chests held high, chins held high, you know, doing well with all the commotion that's happening. I mean, that was one of the things I was like, okay, so this is, I think, a really relatable thing for Mm -hmm. kids and adults. Yeah. And that's what we're trying to do with the rest of the series of the books. We have more than one. We're going to try to focus on one foundational skill in each book and take the kids through a story arc to teach them how that skill is useful in real life. So Giselle, I'm pretty sure you're reading my mind because literally that was my question. Talk to me me about what we can be seeing going forward. So how many skills sets books do you think are in your brains? Well, at least right now we have the second book, which is actually called the puppy adventures of Porter Midge pause at attention. And what it does is it's going to be teaching the importance of checking in with their owners. And the story arc for this next book will be taking them through having to do community service. And as part of the community service, the kids are like, hey, can we take our dogs as well? 
And so their trainer actually takes them to different places where they can meet dogs that work. And each of these people, including Dick Schumer, by the way, who's in that book, awesome. yeah, is going to teach them why checking in is important for that particular job. So we're really, really excited about it. It's very, very cute. And then the other thing that we are sort of working on right now as well is that we got feedback that this is for seven years old plus, but we want something for little kids as well. So we're actually writing a rhyming book on just kids' safety. Yes, I will tell you, my very first job when I was in college and my internship, literally, my internship in college was working for the Salt Lake County Animal Shelter and going to schools and doing presentations mm-hmm. on animal safety and animal care. And I love that animal safety component. You know, the littles, we'd go to the kindergarten classes or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's so, so, exactly. so important for littles. Yeah. Yeah. So we're hoping that both books will come out by the end of the year as well. (laughs) And Eric can listen to find it. I mean, we'll put a link, but for those that won't go to the website because they're just listening on their phone, where are they going to find this? Where are they going to be able to buy this for their nieces, nephews, kids, grandkids, you name it? Our books are available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Walmart, pretty much all the big online retailers. But we would also request that people ask their local bookstores to order it because they will have access through their distributor. So support your local bookstores. Yes, support your local bookstore. Mm -hmm. And Jenny, I assume that you guys have spoken to AKC Education Department and made this available. No. (laughs) Sorry, I'm busy. I I will get to it after national. (laughs) I I will. I will. I just know that I did a really great interview with the gal who's running that education department. And I said the same thing to my other author that I talked to. These are the kind of things that AKC can help get into classrooms. And I think that is such a great option. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, The other things I wanted to just kind of point out in the book was not only did we want to celebrate puppies and socialization, all the fun stuff, we wanted to celebrate people in dogs. So when you look at the other books, you're going to see people like there's a Bouvier pulling the cart in the first book. That's a real dog, a very famous agility Bouvier. But we wanted to celebrate these dogs, these people, because it's not just like, okay, they're getting club awards and stuff. The people who are not in purebred dogs don't get to see that. I don't recall how many titles the Smooth Collie has, but he has a lot. Sure, Tom's hardcore, a lot. One of the highest, most decorated collies. And they deserve that recognition too. The working and seeing that, seeing dogs at work and all these other breeds that you don't see every day that you'd have to go out and search for. So yes, there is a Louchin in the first book. There will be one in the second book. But I did want to celebrate (laughs) those rare breeds and all of the people, like the immense amount of people. It wasn't just that Giselle and I one day said, hey, we're going to write a book for kids about dog training. It is the years of coaching, the mentoring that we have gotten across the different venues that we really wanted to celebrate and say, hey, like y'all had an impact on our lives. You had an impact on our dogs' lives. And what can we do to impact the next generation? I love that. Absolutely love that. Ladies, thank you very, very much. Everybody check it out. And I foresee a lot of children's books in people's Christmas lists. (laughs) Thank you. And just our website is porteredandmidge.com. Porterandmidge.com. We will link it yep, in the show and, notes. And Instagram and Facebook is also Porter and Mitch. So I love it. All right. We will have all the social up. And good job, ladies. Well done. Thank, Thank you. you. As always, if you have any questions or input, we'd love to hear from you. The show notes and links to resources on today's topic 
are available at puredogtalk.com. Drop us a note in the comments or email to laura at puredogtalk.com. Remember, guys, this podcast is for you. So if you want to know something, give me a holler. We'll do a podcast for you. If you wouldn't mind, you could help me out here. Take a couple minutes to visit iTunes and give us a review. The Dog Show Superintendents Association is a proud supporter of Pure Dog Talk. Our dog show superintendents are the hardworking people who make the dog show function. They are advocates for education and mentorship in the purebred dog fancy. So stop by the Supers desk at your next show. Tell them how much you love Pure Dog Talk and give them a shout out for their support. That's all for today. Thank you for joining us on Pure Dog Talk. 